You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast. I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rusk. And we're here to give you the tools and knowledge to invest both your time and money better. If you're new, feel free to jump in with our Starter Pack series that aired in early 2022 or our Shares or ETF mini series. We've got plenty to share with you in today's episode, but if you want to catch us on socials, head to Rusk Australia on Insta and Twitter. I'm also found at Kate Campbell AUS on Insta. And I'm Owen Rusk AU on Insta. Just beware of the fake accounts. We'll never DM you about trading strategies or crypto. And if it sounds a bit weird, it's probably not us. And just one final heads up before we get into the show. This podcast contains general financial information only. Kate Campbell, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. It is wonderful to be back, Owen, to talk about one of our favorite topics. Yes, investing, how to be a better investor. In so, 2023. Yeah. So it's going to be a slightly shorterish episode where we give you some cold hard facts about what goes into being a better investor if you've already made your first investment. Yeah, because I know a lot of our listeners have been investing for a while now. So there's always that question of what's next? How can I improve? How do I level up? Which I hope we're going to dispel a little bit of that in this episode today. Yeah, I think maybe 80, 90% of people that listen to our podcast now are investors, which is fantastic. It's what we've always wanted. So uh, it's great to see. But there are a lot of things that can go wrong and you always want to get better so how do you do that simply and kind of even with some of these things quickly, uh, you can learn from our mistakes or our successes or others. And uh, I think that's a better way to learn about investing. So where do we begin? Well, the first one I think is super important to talk about is that we shouldn't be checking our brokerage account every day because it's not going to change things. Yeah. So number one, don't log into your brokerage account each and every single day. Well, how, do, how often would you log into your brokerage account? These days, it's probably once a month, maybe when I'm just updating things or making an investment or checking something for tax purposes. Yeah. I remember when I started, I was doing it like every hour. Yeah. But literally, you would watch. I would watch the, the share price of Telstra and I'd click refresh on my brokerage account. This is when I use CMC Markets, the brokerage platform. Don't use that anymore. And I would see the value of my Telstra investment go up and down and up and down. I was like, oh, I'm making money. Oh, I'm losing money. 
That it's was so an- easy to fall into that trap, though, oh, especially is. when you make your first investment because you want to check in and see, did you make the right call? But whether you made the right call investing in that ETF mm. is not going to be determined in the next minute or two. No, no, it's not. And uh, I probably check mine mm, well, every month or two because I, and you might think, people listening to this might think, well, aren't you like a professional investor? Yeah, but you don't need to log into your brokerage account to get information these days. You can go to a website called marketindex.com.au if you just want the announcements for uh, your company. Uh, you can go to motleyfool.com.au. Fool.com.au also has the announcements page. Stocklight? Stocklight. You still using that? Yeah, the app sends me notifications when something like a piece of news comes out. Even uh, the AFR usually sends you yeah. a notification like yeah. on my phone if there's something important happening. Yeah. And you can, um, if you want actual company information, you can go direct to their website or the the source that, other than Market Index for Australian shares. The, the thing that I use next after that most would be um, Ticker, T-I-K-R, which we've spoken about briefly on the show before. It's a There's a free version and a paid version. I've got the paid version, like 20 bucks, but I use that like every day. And um, you can use these tools to keep up to date with your portfolio. And the key thing is it stops you from going into your portfolio because if you and see it go fiddling. up and down. Yeah. I think that's the danger. If you are looking at your portfolio on a daily basis, it stops you thinking long term. Yeah. Um, like some people I talk to, they're completely fine looking at their portfolio every day and it doesn't impact them or that's what they say. Mm. But I think for a lot of us, if we see red and green moving up and down on a daily basis, it's going to make us think a lot more short, short term and not think long term, which is the aim of the game here. Yeah, it is. And that actually brings up another tip here, which is to have a plan, um, knowing that your plan may change. I think that's the part where people miss out is they do go into their brokerage account, but they haven't got a plan. If, you, if, if you've if you got a, your brokerage account and you check it every day, fair enough. Like People in retirement do this too, but they're super. Um, if you are at that stage, it's okay if you've, because if you've got a plan, you know where you're heading. It's when people don't have a plan and they're checking their brokerage account. So the next tip is to have a plan, any plan really. Yeah. And even if it's just getting the notes app out on your phone and writing down a few simple things about what you're invested in, what your why is, is mm. it for long-term wealth creation? Because that's a very different game to trying to make money overnight. Yeah. If you're trading stocks, well, that's very different to being a long-term investor. Um, and in, when you're a long-term investor, you typically own shares or listed investment companies, LICs, or you own ETFs. Those are the typical things that our community owns. And um, I think- Depending on what you want to get out of it, I think that long-term investing is the only thing that really works. And the reason, one of the reasons I say that is because if you do get stuck down in day-to-day what's happening in your brokerage account, there's a lot of life passing you by uh, and it's, it can be a very stressful thing. So figuring out what type of investing you want to do is really important. And then realizing that a lot of what we do in the stock market, we measure short-term, but we expect long-term. So what I mean by that is like, we measure short-term returns, short-term results, even quarterly results from companies, but we want long-term returns. So where else in your life would you look at something each and every day and expect it to be a good thing over the long-term? It doesn't always happen because what, what we tend to find is that our emotions are in the present moment and we make changes now. And if we don't have that North Star that we're moving to, the, the, it will change, it will pivot often. And like you said, Katie, can it just be a Apple Notes app, it can be a Google Doc, it could be one paragraph. That's yeah. it. Why I've are you seen some really cool plans created by members of our community, but it doesn't have to be complicated, even if it's just sort of like, what are some of the things that will stop you reaching your goal? That's sort of working backwards and going, well, if I don't invest enough each month or if mm. I 
uh, stop paying attention to my spending and I just spend everything this year and don't put any money aside for my goals or I check my portfolio too much and that causes me to make some decisions that might be good for short-term me but not long-term me. Yeah, and a lot of times people think that their investment plan needs to be really complicated, really comprehensive. I would just say the number one thing is like, why are you investing? And for most of us, about nine out of 10 in the, well, probably eight out of 10 in the RAS community, it's, um, it's retirement. And with, with under that umbrella of retirement, it could be early retirement, it could be retirement Financial on time. independence. Financial and independence. Freedom of some sort. Passive income is probably the, the other thing that's really popular. But passive income applies both now and in the future. And it's about like sowing the seeds for that growth over the long term. So then your portfolio in retirement or early retirement or throughout life can help sustain your lifestyle. And at the end of the day, if that's your plan, if your plan is literally, I want to have $500,000 in an investment portfolio in the next 20 years, it's very easy to work back from there. And what you'll probably find is that you don't want to be, if your goal is 500 grand, you don't want to be checking your brokerage account every day because you'd rather be working and earning more money to shovel into your brokerage account. It makes sense. So um, I think that's a, these two are kind of intertwined. Yeah. Um, and and also on that really point important. that it can change because what you want today is probably going to be very different in ten years, and you might be living in a new place, you might have a family, you might have completely different lifestyle priorities. So mm. understanding that this is your plan now, it's working, it is a long term plan, but you might have to change the way you invest because X, Y, Z has changed. You might decide to focus on property and not shares, whatever happens, like just making sure it's flexible enough to mm. accommodate your life. Yeah. And folks who listen to the show know that I want to, I want a farm, you want a forest. Um, those are like very simple things, uh, but they're big goals, but that is the, the what, why we're investing. So work back from that. How are you going to get to that? Why? Um, we're going to need a certain amount of money. How much money is that? broken down into yearly, monthly, whatever. Um, so another thing that uh, is really interesting, Kay, is diversification isn't just a numbers game. This is number three. What does that mean? I think a lot of us can fall into that trap that we just start investing in things and we just keep adding more and more different types of shares and ETFs to our portfolio. Mm. And you've talked about it before, being the idea of being a collector where we just keep adding lots of small pieces of different things to our investment portfolio. And it sort of links back to that plan because often at the start we don't have a plan. Mm. And so it's very easy. I've done that too where you end up, especially with the fractional investing apps and micro-investing apps, suddenly I had $50 in this share, $200 in this share, and it was kind of very hard to manage. And then you find out there's actually a lot of overlap mm. with different things. So, for example, you might have an ETF that invests in the largest US companies, which is there's a lot of tech companies in there. Mm. And then you might have invested in an, a, a technology ETF, which mm -hmm. has Obviously similar companies tech, yeah. again. And then you might have gone and invested in some of your favorite tech companies. And you thought you had diversified because you had 10 plus different investments in that portfolio. But then when you had a look at it, you realize that most of my portfolio is just in large US technology stocks. Mm. And they're great, but I want to be diversified as part of my long-term investing goals. And this isn't quite diversification. Yeah, and this is a, a problem that a lot of people face. They don't know how to compare ETFs. They don't know how to compare um, companies like stocks. So in finance terms, what we do is we, we measure something called the correlation. And this is for anyone that's done statistics, you will know. It's just basically how two things move with each other. And if you end up with 
say you have three different ETFs and they all have some Apple shares or some Google shares, the ETFs are just a measure of what's inside them. So they're all kind of going to be related to each other. So because if Apple falls in one, well, the Apple share price falls, they're going to fall in all. So what we try and do when we build portfolios is we try and find things that aren't correlated like perfectly with each other. And um, it's that old you know thing you sell, what is it? You sell umbrellas in the winter and you sell ice creams in the in the summer. Um, having two different things for different seasons means that if one part of your business is struggling or if it rains today, you've got something to sell. Um, but for us, when we look at ETFs, you have to look, you have to pop the hood, see what's inside. You can look at um, a tool like Vanguard Fund Compare, which is a free tool for anyone to use. Just Google Vanguard Fund Compare. Uh, that shows you what's in the top 10. It also allows you to, not that many people would want to do this, but you can look at bond ETFs and these types of things. And that's what we look at. Uh, and that's an easy way to do it. If anyone that's like an engineer or a maths whiz out there, you can go into a spreadsheet and just do a correlation between the share prices. That will tell you what you need to know. Um, but at the end of the day, what we try and find are things that don't move together all the time. And because if one of those things goes down, we want the others to be stable. And people think, well, this just sounds like some fancy finance thing. But let me just give you an example. In your in your example, you said like you've got like the S&P 500 ETF, right? the US stocks. And let's say that you've also got a cash ETF. And you've got, this is not what I would do, but just as an example, you have 90% of your money in the S&P 500 and 10% in cash. Right? Let's imagine that the US stock market falls 20%. You can then take that cash and put it in the ETF. And sure, you won't have cash for a moment, but what you will have is you will have invested at better prices. And I think that's the thing that people miss. They think, oh, you know, I don't want to diversify. I don't want to do all that. Yeah, but you might get it wrong. Or you might get an opportunity to buy better in the future. And that's, so that's one of the ways we, we think about it. Um, and finally, we've had some people write into us. They've got 50 shares, 30 ETFs. It's too many. You don't need that many. Like five to 10 ETFs is fine. Mm. That's enough. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And just think, if you have a look in your super fund, they've diversified for you. So if you log into your super account today and you see that you're in a balance fund or a high growth fund, and then you go onto the product page and it will break down, the, hopefully there'll be a pie chart. If they're old school, it might be a table, mm -hmm. but it will actually say, oh, you've got X percent in Australian companies and X percent in US and this much mm. in bonds. And that's an example of diversification. So your super fund's already done their own research and decided this is what a diversified balanced portfolio looks like for you. Mm. And I think uh, if you just think of investing as the different like parts of your recipe, different things go together and they blend well together. They make things better. Um, and if you just, like a lot of people that unfortunately, not necessarily in the RAS community, but in other communities I know, uh, they might be like 100% shares or 100% in one stock. Mm. That is just a recipe for very, very, very dangerous results. It can work, but it can also mean that things go horribly wrong. So, And um, a lot of people won't tell you when it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, they'll just leave the stock market and say it's like gambling. And then you ask them and they'll be like, yeah, I had it in this one, you know, speculative mining company. Like, well, 
is that representative of the entire stock market? Not really. Number three was diversification isn't just a numbers game. There's more to it. All mm. right. The fourth one I think is really important to talk about it is unless you really want it to be, don't make investing and managing your portfolio your hobby. Mm. Why is that? Because I think then we get stuck in that trap of continuously wanting to make changes to our portfolio. We can start fiddling with things, even though we wanted to invest for the long term. And most of us aren't that great at investing in individual shares. Mm. Yeah, it's fair. Most people aren't, to be honest. Um, we see this on the Perla platform. Perla, sponsor of the show. Thank you very much. Um, Perla, I think it was 87% of people on the Perla platform invested in ETFs. And I think I was talking to um, Ilan Israelstam, one of the co-founders of BetaShares recently in Sydney, and that's available on the other the Australian Investors Podcast, if you're interested. Uh, but I was chatting to him and he was saying that he believes that when they set out 10 years ago or whatever it was, that they saw a world in which everyone started with ETFs um, and most people would finish there because that's all they need. It's like the old 80-20 rule, like you get you know, 80% of the reward for 20% of the effort. And I think it's probably even more like that. It's probably more like 10% of the effort for 90% of the reward. And um a lot of people will be fine with that. Like we talk about building a core in a satellite portfolio, but we say start with the core, then the satellite because- And sometimes you can end with the core. Yeah, that's it. You, you can start with the simple, low-cost, diversified things that you know work or get someone to do it for you, frankly. Um, like you can just pay someone to do it for you and get on with life. But if you do want to go to the next level, you can. And this actually brings us into the fifth thing, not to jump to it too quickly, but you don't have to keep leveling up. That's number five. You yeah. don't have to keep going. And I think these two are intertwined in that way. You don't have to turn investing into this thing that you do in the, you know, in the office for five hours a day. You don't. You simply do not need to do that. I, I don't do that when I go home, yeah. for example. And I think it's also the one of the things that if you haven't started investing can seem off-putting because if you haven't, you're looking from the outside. I've spoken to many people who have this opinion that investing is a lot of work. It's going to consume their weekends. It's going to be really stressful. They're going to have to be watching news every day. And that's not that it, sometimes that can look, be what investing looks like, but it doesn't have to be. And it's not the case for most people. No. it's. I think the, even the people that sound the smartest and that do this a lot, I would say, I would guess and say that a lot of their returns aren't as good as just a simple ETF portfolio or a diversified portfolio. Um, and so, sure, like we say, investing is a three-year apprenticeship. But it doesn't need to be. Like it, it's, it doesn't need to be. I think most people that listen to this show, Kate, like most of us here, we are interested. We are yeah. curious about how the world works. Like when we go to a cafe, we think, this is a really good business. You know, this is really great. I love the co coffee here. And look at that thing across the road. It doesn't sell that good of coffee and it's not that busy. And so we always are curious about why those things mm -hmm. work. But it doesn't mean that we then need to go and translate that into investigating all of the cafes in the world and buying shares of Starbucks and doing all that sort of stuff. We don't have to. Yeah. You, you just want to know enough to have a really simple, low-cost investment plan that works and it's going to help you reach your goals. You don't need to make it a hobby, a career. You don't need to spend hours and hours poring over different investment books mm. and academic journals. Like That's not necessary for successful investing. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's it's not, but I, I will I would just maybe maybe if I bring a counterpoint in here, I would mm. say that a lot of people are curious about it and they want to do it, which is perfectly reasonable. Yeah. 
but just in the beginning, make it contained, like have that as a smaller part of the portfolio. Um, like a lot of the people that I speak to that are more like in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, this community probably have enough, like they're on the right track. Even if they don't have it now, they're on the right track to where they want to be. But they love the idea of businesses solving problems, finding out what's the new technology or um, how to invest with a great founder or something like this. And that's really exciting to them. And they're really passionate and curious about how the world works. And they can do that. And you may be one of these people listening to this. You may be one of these people that are curious, um, but you don't have to go and try everything straight away. Mm. You can take your time. And that's why probably the first $100,000 that you save up and you build as part of your net wealth is probably going to be a function of how much you can save. And how much you can save is going to be a function of how much you earn and your spending habits. Um, But as time goes on, you'll find that you know, the next 100,000 is easier because you have the 100,000 growing in a sustainable way. And um, you'll get to a point where you're like, okay, now what else is there? And I think that's where a lot of people then go, okay, now I can build my satellite. Now Mm. I can do all this sort of stuff. Yeah. I guess there's that temptation to jump into the satellite too early, do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like people often ask, how much do I need before I start buying individual shares? And it's not necessarily about that because nowadays you can use a platform uh, let's think of a platform like Raise. Mm. You can use a platform like Sharesies. You can use a platform like this. It'll allow you to invest like a few dollars and you can buy individual shares, right? You can put 50 bucks mm. in uh, Apple. You can put 10 bucks in Cochlear, the implant maker. You can do all that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. And so I would say that it's more like a time thing. Like just listen to the podcast for three or six months, get a sense of what's out there. And then when you do invest, still keep putting money into your core and then start to slowly get used to the feeling of things going up and down because your core portfolio will rise and fall for sure. Um, but the difference is it only probably fall <laughs> 20% at most, 30% maybe, say, whereas a stock could fall 50% and it'd still be fine. You just bought it at the wrong time. And so um, I, I would, in the past, I've said people should probably get to about $20,000 invested but that would depend. If you've got $20,000 and you never invested, I'd say start with the core and go from there. Um, wh- back when I started investing, I feel old now, Kate. I didn't have the option. Like ETFs were around, but I didn't have, they weren't as prolific as they are today. So I started with Telstra, hence why I was looking at that. Um, I started with NAB, these types of BHP, Rio Tinto, these boring blue chips. Um, they were effectively my ETFs. Um, but was that a good experience? probably helped me learn, I probably put too much into them and I lost money because I was too anxious. If I was starting today, it would definitely be an ETF to start with, a share ETF, like a diversified one. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think that would be the way I go. So just to recap these, Kate, if we may. Yes. Five tips to be a better investor. This is for someone that is already investing but maybe just getting into it. Is number one, checking your brokerage account every day won't change the investment. It won't yeah. make a difference. So. But it may change you for the worse. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> potentially if you are struggling managing your emotions and you're looking at it every day and thinking, oh, what should I do? Should I change the plan? Maybe that's a good time to remove the app from your phone yep. and just put a limit like once a week and then wean yourself off to once a month. <laughs> yep. I like it. Um, <laughs> the, number two was have a plan yep. and knowing that your plan can change. It can be really simple, right? Yep, make it as simple as possible. And I put some extra questions in the show notes as well that can give you some prompts when you're writing that plan down. Yeah, like what does my portfolio look like right now? Uh, What is my long-term financial goal? Really simple prompts. It doesn't have to be complicated. You can just write them down, scribble them down on a 
you know, envelope, back of an envelope, whatever you want to do. Number three was di diversification isn't just about numbers. It's about so much more. Yes. And it's important to know what's inside your ETFs because you might realize you have a bit of overlap. Yeah. And even if you're thinking about diversification of your career, diversification of your income streams, diversification of your property, there's so many things that you can deflect some of the risk your in a really easy sources. way. New sources. Diversification is like a pretty good strategy for in, most things. In life, yeah. You get a broad kind of worldly understanding of how things are moving together. Um, the next one was you don't have to make investing a hobby. Like yeah. You can just keep it simple. Some people love learning about the world and individual companies and other people just want to get on with all the other stuff in their lives and just have a simple plan that works. And you can do that. And that is perfectly okay. Yeah, that is absolutely okay. And the final one is you don't have to keep leveling up, but you don't have to be like Kate and I, where you listen to podcasts, you talk about investing, you talk about business, finance, whatever. You don't have to do that. Like We recognize that most people don't do that. Um, yeah. they're, they're probably there. 80,000, 90,000 people that listen to this podcast occasionally probably would disagree with us a bit. They they want to level up, but that's okay. You don't have to keep going. There is a point where you can reach and you're like, okay, yeah. I've and got you, my You don't my need fill. to keep finding a more complex investment option to add to your portfolio or a tax loophole. You can just keep things simple and that works. Simple yeah. works. ETF in your core, um, diversify, build up from there. If you've got any other tips, you can let us know. If you listen on Spotify, for example, there's a bit of a feedback section there. You can share your thoughts and let us know what you think. We can turn that into an episode in the future, or you can write into us on the RASC websites or wherever you get your social media. Kate, it's a bit of fun. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. We hope you learned something new and were able to take one thing away from this episode. If you're keen to learn more, head on over to Rask Education and take one of our free money and investing courses. You could even become a Rask Core member for less than your Netflix subscription each month. And don't forget to subscribe for new episodes in your inbox every week. Plus, if you enjoyed the show, we'd love you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and send any questions our way via the link in the description. And before we go on, did this podcast contain personal financial advice just for me? Absolutely not, Kate. Our podcast actually contains general financial information only. What that means is the information does not take into account your financial needs, goals, objectives, or even your situation. So because of that, it's important that you consider if the information is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on it. If that all sounds a bit confusing or you're still working out what your needs are, it's a great idea to consult a licensed and trusted financial planner. And don't forget to do your own research. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest, and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, 
active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says Invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.